Fixed variable interest rates going up, going down. What is going on in the market today, guys? There's so much happening right now with real estate prices changing almost week by week. Interest rates have been changing day by day, and we thought it was really important to come down and talk about fixed versus variable. What's the big decision and how do you decide? So it doesn't matter if you're listening to this episode when it's freshly released or if it is six months or 12 months later, most of what you're gonna listen to today Today is advice on how to choose a mortgage, fixed or variable, and particularly in a changing rate environment. Derek, Dean, and myself, Alex McFadden, three of the partners here with Thrive Mortgage Co. We pride ourselves on educating you as the bor- as the consumer, the borrower, the listener, whatever you are in the industry, and really hope that you take a lot away from this episode in regards to you know what different options that you should consider and, and what to do going forward. Um, again, listen, my name's Alex. I'm one of the partners here at Thrive Mortgage Co. This show is completely meant to educate people and help them create more wealth in real estate. And if we're achieving that goal, we ask you for two things. Number one, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. We'd love that. Number two, send us a message to let us know you're reaching this. Of course, spread the word, people. We love you as our listeners. Enjoy this episode today. We'll see you on the other side. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. You are listening to this episode today with the primary goal of trying to understand when and if it makes sense to lock in your mortgage or go with a variable rate mortgage. And while we'll be very clear and let you know that we don't have a crystal ball, our goal today will be to walk you through some considerations to think about in both scenarios. And there'll be some fours and against in both the fixed and the variable. And we'll talk about a few different strategies that a lot of people don't consider. Now our goal here is to talk a little bit about history, what's happened, where we are today at this point in time, and in addition to that, when and why interest rates change so you can make a better and more educated decision. Again, the real purpose and the goal of getting into this conversation, this episode, is because we get these questions five to ten times a day each, so you know, 30 times a day. And we know that there's a lot more to flesh out in this conversation than what one of us could provide in a few minutes time. So let's, uh, let's get into it. We're going to start off with uh, where we're at right now and why we're having this conversation, a little history. And we'll break down to you guys a full understanding of fixed and variable interest rates, what they are, like what they actually are, and, and get, uh, get obviously a full breakdown so you guys fully understand why and how you can pick these different options. So why don't we start off with where are we at right now, guys, and and what's going on in the marketplace? Yeah, I mean, we're obviously in an increasing rate environment, right? And uh, which causes stress, no matter who you are uh, and how you've planned. It's it's top of mind right now for everybody if you have a mortgage or are considering getting a mortgage. Uh, And that's why, like Alex mentioned, these conversations are are super, super common. And if you're listening to this, you need to take advice from people that understand these products and understand the market. You know, we can't all ask our parents if we should be going fixed or variable. Um, You know, most of our parents, people our parents' age have lived through the 80s and they saw the rates that went to 18% and and there's a bit of a tainted view uh, in that that consideration. But, you know, right now, I think that if you're 
if you're in a variable mortgage currently, your mindset is, do I lock in, right? So maybe we can just flesh this one out quickly because there's two concepts here. Number one, if you have a mortgage right now and it is variable, does it make sense to lock in? The second concept is if you're about to buy a home, rental, owner-occupied, whatever, are you taking a fix or are you taking a variable, right? Like these are two different conversations. Most people that are in a variable mortgage right now, if you took advantage of the rates that we've had over the last 18 to 24 months, your rate is probably very, very low. It's probably landing somewhere around 2%. Um, and if you ask me, I mean, converting to a fixed in the range of 4%, you are right off the bat committing to a, a rate that is 2% higher, simply based out of fear. You are worried that rates are gonna go to five, 6%. You think that four might be a happy medium. And if I land there, I'm good. Uh, these are obviously huge numbers, right? 2% on a mortgage rate is, is gonna cost a ton of money over time in regards to interest. In my opinion, if that's your situation um, and, and your rate is around 2% currently, there's not a huge, there's not a make sense situation to convert to a fix unless it's a personality thing, right? If this is just stressing you out to a point where you're not sleeping and uh, you know, you're know you constantly researching rates and you don't know what to do, I mean, there could be a conversation to go fix. But overall, if that's, if that's your current situation, uh, I personally am not going fixed and my mortgage is variable. So, I mean, I'll leave that off there. And if you guys want to jump in, I think I'd like to go a little bit deeper in the, in the backstory as to why we're obviously even having this conversation and what's going on right now as well. Um, I, there's like, to your point, you brought up where current fixed rates are and where variable rates are. We do have to put a date stamp on this episode, but I will be clear if you're listening to this episode in 2000 end of 2022 into 2023, this is probably still going to be impactful for you from that perspective. I mean, going even deeper and going historically speaking, where are we at right now on the rate cycle I think is an important consideration because if you and it's more difficult maybe listening to this than seeing this but um, there are things called rate cycles just like anything anything else uh, economically speaking we see uh, values go up or down when it comes to interest rates interest rates go up or down they don't always stay on the high end and they don't always stay on the low end so I think the first and most important thing for someone to consider or think about when they're thinking about different rate options is the cycle timeline now I pulled up a chart or a graph of the last 25 years so just historically speaking where are we at right now in that chart Back in 1996, we were at the very top of a, a variable or, or a fixed rate cycle with prime at about 7.5% at that time. And since 2000, that was the highest that we've seen it. That was 7.5% for prime, not for the Bank of Canada's interest rate. That was for prime. Uh, since that time has gone on, we've seen one, two, three, four different rate cycles that typically last between one and a half to three and a half years. And what that means is interest rates is once the point they started to go up to the point that they've gone down, it's about a two to three year cycle that they stayed up, okay? Now, generally when I'm reviewing this, so again, since 96 to from 98 to 2000, from uh, 2005 to 2008, and then the last time around from 2000, end of 2017, all the way up to 2020, again, two to three year cycles, interest rates on average only increased by about 2% across the board. So, you know, when we look at it from that perspective, Derek, to your point, in the current rate cycle we are, uh, we are at right now, which again will be date stamp, but we're up 0.75% from the bottom. If we use that same mindset that it would be up to 2% above the bottom, which is obviously there's no guarantees, but averages over history, then that would likely assume that we're probably going to see a 1.25% increase 
likely somewhere in that ballpark over the course of the next one to three years and then within a two to three year time span we'll likely see things table off and potentially come back down again there's no proof or guarantees on any of that but it's happened now four cycles and four times a great point all we can really use is the history of of our experience and 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 what we've seen with rates i mean back to 2000 that's that's quite a bit of data there i think you even mentioned year 97 which was uh the last or the last half point increase was 2000 which which is is a significant increase in itself um, since for, I guess the better part of the last two decades, we've only ever seen a quarter percent increase. And I mean, a lot of experts do think that the half point in one shot could be a bit too aggressive. And then going back in, in 97, when they did do a, a half point increase, they actually did reverse that by a quarter percent, not realizing that it was too aggressive of an approach at that time. So, I mean, you know, your, your points are valid going forward and make a lot of sense, but could, could this have been a mistake? I mean, those are things we just don't know, but, uh, but from his, what history shows us is whenever there are errors or, or when things are changing quickly in our economy, like the pandemic, the government does step in and, and they do show us that they will do whatever it takes to not allow this to implode and not allow this to get to that 1980s, you know, debacle, I guess you could say. Um, you know, I think just proof is in the pudding. You know, you look at 2008, 2009, complete downturn. Banks in the U.S. were shutting their doors. The largest banks in the U.S. were shutting their doors and not one bank closed their doors here in Canada. And, and that shows that, that we're clearly a stable economy and can manage these, these types of crises or, or increases like this. And, and then to look at the pandemic when they did the emergency rate cuts to ensure that we didn't, you know, implode and, and lose our lose our homes, you know, with the mortgage deferrals, it, all that tells me is that the government's really willing to make sure that we don't lose our shirts and, and do whatever it takes to kind of keep this moving forward. Yeah, it's a good point. And on that topic, I mean, there's been, you know, the the stress test. Um, nobody likes the stress test because it's, you know, made it harder to qualify for a mortgage in Canada. And uh, the stress test, as much as it, yes, it's made it harder to qualify, you have to keep in mind that anyone that has taken on a new mortgage over the last three years, roughly, has actually had to qualify at a dramatically higher rate, right? Now, qualifying is different than personal budgeting and, and real life, right? But on a good note, we can consider that all these new mortgages, especially when property values have been at an absolute peak, they have been qualified at roughly a 5% interest rate, right? Like we've accounted for, for rates increasing. So there's a lot of talks of, you know, rates are going to go up by 1% and, and, and people are going to go bankrupt and they're going to walk away from their house. Like these are not realistic uh, comments by any means. We also have to consider that a good chunk of Canadians are in fixed rate mortgages. So as much as rates are increasing right now, currently, a lot of people have zero impact. They might have an impact when they're up for renewal in one, two, three years, but we don't know where rates are going to be at that time, right? So just to kind of get rid of the the fear of the market imploding. And and yes, there's risk of recession with rates increasing 100%. But I think that when you really look at the numbers and you consider how many people are locked into fixed rate mortgages currently, how many people that are even in variable, that are in a variable where the payment doesn't even change. So an affordability factor is not an impact, right? But um, our government has done a good job, I would say, um, in in qualifying mortgages to avoid these dramatic situations that people fear. 
Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that for a quick second here. So everybody in Canada since 2016 has been, and 2018, depending on the type of mortgage that you got, uh, well, so let's just say since 2018 at this point, because every mortgage has been stress tested since that point in time, they've had to qualify at a rate of either 4.6, 4 4.79 or 5.25%. So, I mean, first of all, I think the chances of the Bank of Canada raising their overnight rate to impact prime rates to go above that 4.64, 4 4.79% is extremely unlikely for that reason alone. And so that gives us again, a one to one and a half percent range above where we're at today. So for a lot of people who think that the Bank of Canada is going to raise rates 2% or 3% above where it's at today. I don't, yeah, that, that's highly, highly, highly unlikely for a few reasons that D Dean mentioned. Number one, the fact that with the economy uh, itself, they don't want the housing economy to fall apart and they don't want to see people lose homes. What they're trying to do is, of course, slow down inflation. A few factors also that are, that are in play here outside of increasing the overnight lending rate um, you know, the, or sorry, the, the, the central bank, I should say, does not have many measures outside of uh, increasing the overnight lending rate. So what they will do is they'll try to increase that to see what the impact is on the economy before making a lot of other big changes or positions. We also have to remember that pre-pandemic, the Bank of Canada and the, the prime rates with most banks was around 3.9, 3.95 at that time. We're only at 3.2, guys. So for everybody thinking about this, I mean, three quarters of a percent just brings us back to where we were right before the pandemic occurred so and and people were having no issues with affordability or qualification during that timeline so for a lot of people thinking about getting into a mortgage today they have to really remember where we were just two to three years ago at this point now we also see a lot of arguments for people saying that house prices have gone up dramatically in that timeline but people are earning a heck of a lot more money in that timeline so there's a lot of other factors and considerations to look at here so let's talk i mean just generally speaking like you know we started off the conversation what should you actually do what should you consider but we we do need to talk about you know actually what is like what are some of those variable rate options that that you mentioned there Derek and, and Dean to get into I mean the first thing to remember for most people is a variable rate is not just the rate that you get it's a discount and I've had this come up a lot lately because I think maybe a lot of people don't fully comprehend the variable rate so for example you get a discount of, of 1% or a half percent. So minus half or minus 1% off of prime. Prime is what is based on what your bank is. Now, most banks have prime that are the same with the exception of TD Bank. TD Bank has their own little wacky thing going on, which is 0.15% above the competition or everybody else for that matter. But at the end of the day, you have a discount. That's important to remember because a lot of people, they look at the news and they look at prime and they think that is where their rate is going to go. So remember that. Um, the second consideration over and above that is that with the variable rate mortgage, and we've talked about this hundreds of times, those discounts can come and go. So we saw prime minus one, prime minus 1.2, prime minus like crazy numbers here uh, during 2021 and the beginning of 2022, and still some very good ones, you know, up to prime minus one available um, for a lot of people. And in those situations, again, those people are probably still paying, you know, maybe 2% or maybe just above 2%. Compare that to what you just mentioned, Derek, with, with interest rates on the fixed rate side hitting 4.5% on a five-year fixed term, we're looking at a 2.5% spread. So, I mean, historically speaking, and then just looking at what I discussed, if we don't believe that rates are going to go up another 2% from today, you're obviously pretty safe from just that perspective alone. If on the high end rates do, do go up by an additional 2% from where they're at today, and you're in a 2.1 or 2.2% variable currently, like if that 2% increase happened, you know, and timing and, and, and how quickly, like it's it's an unknown, but let's say it takes the course of a year to go up by 2%. 
every single day that you've had that mortgage at a lower rate compared to the fixed, you are saving money, you're winning. And if rates land, if your 2.2 lands at 4.2%, in my opinion, you've won. Like you've made the right decision because you are just landing at the peak at what the fixed rate is today. And if you would have committed to that fixed rate today, you would have paid thousands and thousands and thousands of extra dollars in interest. Plus you're in a more restrictive product with big penalties. And depending on the length of term you go, like if you were to convert or take a five-year fixed, you have to keep in mind that you're now at a 4.2 or 4.5 for five years. And if rates come back down in two or three years, this is just what happened in the pandemic. We, we reversed 24 months. Everyone called us and they're like, I'm in a 3.8 fixed. I want to get into this 2% variable that's offered today. Perfect. Call, find out what your penalty is. Oh, it's $40,000. Okay, it doesn't make sense. You can't do it. Right? So we have to keep in mind that variable is awesome when it's down. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's having fun. When it go you got to be able to weather the storm, right? It's going to go up. It's going to come back down eventually. It's just an unknown. Nobody knows when or how quickly that will happen. For those people that you know, okay, we're, we're saying it's affordable for them based on the stress test and the government's provided all these measures that we have to qualify you on and so on and so forth. But people start to adapt to their lifestyle once they're in a house. And just because the government stress test said it's affordable, well, they may now have their kid in hockey and, uh, you know, multiple, whatever, whatever the expenses are, they've, they've added expenses to essentially fulfill their life. And now this change could be actually impactful. And so like to uh, one of you guys mentioned, like the point is like, what does your payment look like at 5%? Like start looking at that. And that's something that we, we help people all the time manage and, and look for. And, and ultimately if, you know, if this is keeping you up at night or, or even, even to the point where you're always wondering when is the next rate meeting, you know, what's going to happen. There, I mean, there's eight of them in a year, by the way, there's eight rate meetings in the year that, that basically is a time where we could see an impact on our interest rates the very next day. Like if these types of things are keeping you up or you're worried about that, like you should be locking it. You really should. Like the variable rate product isn't for you. I think somebody mentioned like, you know, are you the type of the person that would, would be concerned by putting a, a nickel or a quarter into a, a slot machine? Like if that's the case, like variable rate's not for you. It, and, and that's fine. Like it's totally fine. And then just the last thing I'll say on affordability we're in certain markets like the one we're in, it's very challenging to move up and upgrade for some people, especially people on a fixed budget and in a career that doesn't see much of a uh, raise in income. Like there's, there, there's likely not a lot that's going to change and it may take five, 10 years or more to pay down enough principal to qualify for something bigger along with appreciation and whatnot. So there is a very viable option that somebody's not leaving their house. They don't have the ability to, to make any changes to their budget or their ex, um, income and a fixed rate makes sense for them. Like it just flat out does for some people and that, and that's okay too. Yeah, I want to circle back on a couple of those strategies that we talked about there. So obviously you mentioned the stress test, but then you get used to your budget and I'm going to circle back on that. So from a strategic perspective, if you still want to enjoy the benefit of lower cost of borrowing with the variable rate, which again, historically speaking, it has been a lower cost. And I want to explain that. I mean, a lot of people will constantly come to us and the first thing they say is, I'd like to get the lowest interest rate. Well, the lowest interest rate is very different, different than the lowest cost of ownership or lowest cost of the mortgage. Like what is more important to you? Is it paying less interest to the bank and penalties and interest or is it paying uh, or, or is it having a fixed in rate like Dean mentioned there? Or is it having a fixed payment because there's three different considerations. So I'll kind of unpack that. The first thing is like, what's your lowest cost? 
The cost would be a combination of the interest, the penalties, and the fees. We know for a fact that most Canadians don't make it to the end of a five-year term, so this is why we often remind people about the large penalties associated with five-year fixed mortgages, because quite literally every single day we see someone paying a $20,000, dollars $50,000 penalty on a $500,000 loan. So if we think about total cost, obviously the five-year five -year fixed is typically not the lowest overall cost. Number two, if we think about the lowest payment, we just talked about this a second ago, if you can get a variable interest rate at 2.2 or 2.5 or 2.6% today, compared to 4.5% and you can get a locked in variable rate payment which basically insinuates that your payment stays the same. So to, to your point Dean, that means that your actual payment's not changing and you can be more comfortable in your budget assuming things don't obviously go out of control, but your payment would remain the same. So you would have that payment control with the variable rate and you would know for a fact that worst case scenario you would only have three months of interest penalty. So that's a locked in variable rate payment. Now the flip side to that is what if you actually just want to pay the lowest total interest and again you are in it for the long game again that's where any variable rate makes sense but the strategy that you employ here is if you know you're in a raising rate environment what you actually do is you look at what the current market rate is for a fixed rate mortgage you figure out what the difference is between what your variable rate is and your fixed rate and you just increase your payment to match the fixed rate because if you were to lock in you were going to pay that anyways that extra two or three or four hundred dollars that you're worried about or stressed about in your payment you would have already been making it or you're making it and instead of going straight to the bank's pocket which is going to happen if you go into a fixed rate mortgage you're paying yourself now if worst case scenario variable rates increase well guess what reduce the amount of extra money you're paying until the point where things match and then in in most models like i've done this model so many times for people with a one and a half to two percent increase in terms of rates in almost every single model even if you just uh pay a, a minimum amount even like fifty hundred dollars more day one within two to three years if you match the fixed rate from your variable rate going up you're always almost ahead right and that that that's obviously there's no guarantees because if the bank of canada raised rates two and a half percent from where they were before within a 12 month span you know that could throw things a little bit wacky but it's not that far off and again just to explain what i mean by that increase your payment match the fixed even with the increases you come out ahead on the on the variable rate side so those are the pros for the variables, you can have a locked in payment or you can increase your payment, which is one thing we always recommend. Increase your payment, match your budget. Then you don't have the stress like you mentioned, Dean, of, of uh, you know, renewal comes up, rates are 2% higher and you have to stress out. Which brings us to the point, I mean, Derek, we should talk a little bit here about, you know, what, what's happening with people coming up to renewals and trying to make a decision on what they're doing right now. So maybe maybe walk through some options and what some recommendations are there. Yeah, I mean, that we've seen countless people coming up for renewal right now and, and obviously the options being presented to them are are probably not as cheap as the mortgage that they were in. It all depends on what time they took their mortgage out. But, um, you know, we have a lot of clients that are just geared towards fixed as well. Um, as, lots, as much as there can be a ton of benefit in the variable, we have a lot of people that are just stuck on fixed. They just want their mortgage to be out of sight, out of mind. Um, and most of the time in those situations currently, we're recommending and most people are taking a two to three year fixed. Um, and the goal there is that, you know, right now rates are inflated because of what's going on in the world and our country. Uh, and does it make sense to lock into an inflated rate for a duration of time like five years, right? Probably not. So uh, I just had a client of mine, he took a two year and his hope and goal is that in two years rates are coming back down. Is he going to be correct? Obviously nobody knows. But my kind of suggestion on that is that even if rates were similar or higher in two years from now, we're probably getting pretty close to where they're going to be coming back down. So if you're up for renewal in two years, 
jump into a variable. And when the rates go down, you're going to catch that downslope, right? And when they do fall to hopefully, you know, the floor level, you always have the ability to convert your variable into a fix. So there's some strategy on that as well. Um, another thing is you will see cheaper rates on shorter terms for the most part, all depending on the lender. Uh, but five-year fixed is, is like Alex mentioned. I mean, some lenders are getting up to four and a half percent right now. Uh, you know, we're seeing three years, three point nine nine, three point eight nine, uh, depending on situation, of course. But there's a pretty decent spread uh, when you look at a shorter term. So that makes a ton of sense to me if you're geared towards fix and you don't really want to deal with this because, you know, we've we've mentioned this a couple times already. But like, if you're in variable you are going to look at your phone and you are going to turn on the news in the morning and you're going to hear about rates. And there's going to be articles that don't make any sense about rates going up by 1% in two days. But it's there's a the media puts a huge spin on this. And if that's something that you just mentally don't want to deal with, then fixed is a good play. It's just, of course, rates are not beautiful currently. So try to pick the right lender and pick the right product. And when I say, uh, sorry, not product, but term, when I say pick the right lender, there are certain lenders that have lower penalties on fixed rate mortgages. They can still be dramatic penalty costs, but some of them are going to be cheaper than certain banks. So this is obviously something that we go through in, in, in detail with all of our clients before you make a final decision. And the one thing I'll focus on is just those shorter uh, two-year, three-year fixed terms. There's some benefits to one, just being able to look out two years and opposed to five years. Sometimes it's pretty hard to plan, like, where will I be in five years? It, it's a long time it's, and it's a short time on the same side. Like I look back five years and can't believe how quick that went by. But looking ahead is difficult sometimes, especially when it comes to trying to make predictions like just in regards to rates and real estate prices and everything like that. And, and then just in general life, it can be difficult where a two year a two year window could be much easier to predict and, and feel comfort around. So um, you could be putting yourself in a position. Again, we're always concerned about penalties when it comes to five year fixed rate mortgages. A two year, you know, it gives you that opportunity to reevaluate your situation in two years and be fully open to that point, you know, given, you know, your timing, your, your, your timing is right. But the one benefit is those two and three year fixed rate products, they typically have much smaller int uh, interest rate, like penalty calculations than a five year as well. So if you do have to break it early, you're not looking at these gigantic penalties that we've, we've seen, um, you know, in the 20, 30, $40,000 ranges, you, you know, those are things that really, really scare us when going fixed and, and well, avoid it. Let's unpack the reason why on that too. So like the, 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 the whole thing about the five year fixed versus five year variable. I mean, I mean, first and foremost, uh, who can predict five years from now? I mean, like nobody, nobody can predict 12 months from now. Nobody can predict, predict six months from now, but I can tell you that 12, 24, and even perhaps 36 months is a lot easier timeline for us to at least create some timelines and understanding of what could happen versus a five-year term. Stats show every single year, year over year, that the six out of 10 Canadians break their mortgage at 38 months. So that means 60% of people don't make it five years, which is obviously one of the big reasons our clients continue to go with variable over and over again because they're restructuring and have the capability. But to your point, Dean, I mean, on a, on a two-year term or a three-year term, it's a lot easier because we're like on a two-year term, for example, you're not actually waiting two years to look into your mortgage again. You're probably doing this at 20 months, right? Or 18 months realistically, which is a year and a half from today. You're basically prepping to do this all over again. And so to Derek's point, if we're in an upward rate cycle and you're wondering like, hey, what do I do? I, 
I, I you know I like the, the payment assurance. I'm not sure where rates are going. And we know we're in an upward rate cycle right now. What's my alternative to that? Well, that two-year term actually can make a lot of sense. In addition to that, the actual interest rates associated with that are typically as low as uh, three quarters of a percent, less than a five-year fixed rate. So if we're at you know four and a half percent with a five-year fix with some banks right now, you could be looking at three and three quarters on a 30-year mortgage, uh, which is about three quarters percent less, indicating that you're going to be paying about what's that, 35 bucks uh, uh, less per hundred grand, right? So adds up really quickly when you think about your total cost, like $350, $400 less on the average mortgage in Canada over the next two to three years. So, you know, I would definitely agree with you that the two-year option is one that makes a ton of sense. Banks don't really want to see you take two-year, three-year uh, fixed mortgage options because first and foremost, they don't make a lot of money until, you know, closer to the end of the term and or if you pay out a prepayment penalty. And that's often why they're not as enticing, but it is a, a, a good option worth considering. Now, some people, once you get to the end of the two-year term, you might just stay the course and then renew for another term and see where you're at but worst case scenario you saved that money over that last two years and you can still employ the same strategy that i mentioned earlier and bump up your payment if you're concerned that rates are higher again if we also look at the trends and we say that over the last few years or last 25 years we've seen four rate cycles where rates were up for two to two and a half years and we're we're now already three to four months into another cycle at this point right now and wouldn't it suggest that two to three years from now we could potentially see things table off or come back down again if we're if we're looking at a lot of what the um economists that we like to follow say such as benjamin tal i mean he suggests that things could go too high too quick and then we could be coming back down within a two to three year span and so based on that understanding that feedback those types of predictions i think that's a strategy that a lot of people are missing that they should be considering and I'll, i just want to preface the last point on that is i'm not telling or suggesting that you go with a two or three year fixed option but i am suggesting that it's a better consideration than a five year fixed for 99% of people or i guess in reality 60% of people and a lot of what we're talking about here is general advice like you know whether you're purchasing today versus maybe just considering to lock in your existing mortgages those are different scenarios believe it or not they're quite different and our advice may be quite different based on that scenario and that person so i think a, a conversation is always warranted but just on the point of potentially locking in like let's say you're less than a year into your variable term depending on your lender when they when they offer you the options to lock in Typically, you know, depending on the lender, they'll, they'll provide you options that are for the amount of time you have left in your term or more, yeah. where there are other lenders that will give you an option where you can actually lock in for, for that three-year term, as an example. So let's say, you know, you are one or two months only into your term, you can actually lock into a three-year term. So you could shorten that term and you don't have to commit yourself to that lender for five years, even though you're only one or two months into the term. So those are strategies that we look at for the same reasons we're just talking about. And again, it, it is dependent on your lender. So talk to us about that. And, and there's a lot of times where, you know, it may not make sense to lock in with your existing lender. Like it may make sense to actually move your variable rate mortgage to another lender because they have a better fixed product. And yes, you could be looking at interest penalties from the variable side, but there's a lot of ways to mitigate some of that with, you know, just simple reports and, and, and calculating what this actually looks like from the long term. So just don't, 
the point is just don't knee jerk react and lock in with your existing lender. Always get some unbiased advice first, especially from a group like us. Let's touch on that really quickly because we started the conversation talking about locking in or not locking in. I mean, our general advice is that most people, I guess we won't, it's so hard to give general advice on a podcast because there's so many people that are going to take this the wrong way. But generally speaking, a lot of the clients that we see that have a variable rate mortgage, it doesn't make sense to lock in today. Like it really doesn't. However, again, to Dean's point, if it is a psychological consideration or a concern or stresses you out and that's the route you're going to go, I think the biggest piece of feedback is explore your options there. The first thing you actually have to do if you're going to do that, we're going to talk about this right now, is you reach out to your bank and you make sure that they send you their offers, all your offers in writing. Ask them, do I have, do I have an option for a two, three, four year term? Can I can you provide all of my offers for me? Um, also, always request a prepayment penalty. Get your offers in writing because so often all they'll do is say, hey, you have a five year fixed at X. When the reality is, you also have better options available to you. Once you've done that, you know your balance, you know your penalty, you know your offers. If you want a second opinion, you want to explore your options. It's definitely worth a fifteen minute call with a team like ours because, like typically, you know, again, we can explore different scenarios. As mentioned like we just had a client the other day that had thirty thousand dollars of unsecured debt and we could find them a better rate option with a different lender when we factored in the prepayment penalty leave their existing lender or lock in it actually is going to save them about seven thousand dollars of money to actually switch over to a different product a different institution consolidate the debt and restructure at that time into a term that suits their needs better as opposed to just going with a five-year fixed mortgage right so um so many reasons that you need to explore all the options but remember one thing your bank is smart they're not dumb they don't make billions of dollars for no reason remember they want to make it easy for you so they're going to say pretty much anything and everything to make it really really easy and get you locked in as soon and as quick as they can so remember that um at the end of the day man the people that are that work at the banks there's some awesome people there we got some people on our team that used to work at a bank but they've told us all the stories guys they work for the bank not for you and their primary objective is to meet whatever the bank's objectives are at this point right now so remember get that unbiased advice yeah some banks actually pay bonuses to their staff to call and convert if you've converted someone into a fix there's a bonus at play so yeah very good points um and just to touch on rates because we've, we've brought up that there's two very different scenarios here there's there's like taking a new mortgage or there's converting we've talked a lot about you know variable rates sitting in and around two percent we have to keep in mind that is only if you took on a variable in the last couple of years and you have a variable mortgage currently right if you are applying for a new mortgage right now variable rates are up a little bit they're kind of landing from you know 2.4 to 2.8 percent depending on the scenario so i just want to make sure that we're we're you know opening up that that book because existing mortgages again you probably have a bigger discount off of prime than, than what's being offered today but the comparison is still quite dramatic even if you're getting in at 2.7% and and again you're comparing that to a 4.2 or 4.5 there's still a massive spread there um, that can be made up over time with with rate increases and you know again the goal is hopefully we land somewhere in and around the range uh, of what fixed rates are being offered at today so with that being said, I mean, I think we've covered a lot of ground here. We've talked a little bit about the history uh, rate cycles, just to circle back the average timeline of going up two to three years. We've talked a little bit about, um, you know, of course, variables, what they actually are and how they work, fixed what they are and how they work. We didn't get too deep into prepayment penalties. Again, I think Dean mentioned that there are different types of mortgage penalties for fixed rate loans. There's different types of IRDs. We'll do a future episode explaining that in a lot of detail. We just recommend our clients, if you have a five-year fix with your bank, use the standard average 
which is 4.5% calculation. If you have a standard variable rate, it's usually three months of interest. There are some cheapo products out there that have different rules, but just remember the standards or averages right there. We did get into explaining, look at the discount if you have a variable, consider increasing your payment to match the fix, take advantage of that. Always make sure to get a second opinion. And more importantly, look at your options before locking in because there are different types of solutions on there. We did talk a little bit about predictions, but again, I think we'll save that for another future episode. Again, we're hoping that you this episode here today helped provide, hopefully, more clarity and provided more than just one option of a five-year fixed or five-year variable. Remember, the short-term play could make sense for you in this situation. And um, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, if, if you've learned something from this episode, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a, a review on iTunes, uh, Spotify lets, lets you leave reviews. That would be awesome. Or send us a message on our Instagram page to let us know what was helpful for you. At Thrive Mortgage Co. or at the YBR Remo Show, we really would appreciate to know if this is helpful to you, your clients, or anybody else. I think just the last thing that I've been saying this to every single client that I'm talking to is you are the only person that can really understand your personality and risk tolerance. As much as we get to know you through the process, we don't know how you're going to deal with this type of stress. So you have to really take this into consideration. Variable sounds awesome when you have a deep discussion on it, but you have to take into consideration your personality, your levels of anxiety, you know, if you're going to dwell on this, because again, we're going into a, and we're in a, a rising rate environment and it's going to continue to happen. And you have to take that into account, right? Because Mental health is a very real thing, and uh, the last thing everyone needs is more stress because of your mortgage, right? The, the Thrive Variable Rate Guarantee is, is, a, is a feature that we offer all of our clients, so it's outside of a lender's offering. This is specifically for clients that get their mortgage through Thrive Mortgage. So when you go variable rate and you're considering locking in, our guarantee to you is that we will ensure you get the best fixed rate in the market. And the reason for that is a lot of times when you call your lender to get a fixed rate mortgage, it's not going to be the best rate in the marketplace. As an example, Scotiabank may be your current lender and TD Bank has a better fixed rate mortgage. So what our variable rate guarantee does is we will actually pay your three month interest penalty and all costs associated to moving that mortgage over to TD Bank to ensure you get the best fixed rate on the market because in this scenario, TD Bank had the best fixed rate. That is essentially how our variable rate guarantee works. It's very important to understand that you have this feature with us because it could save you thousands of dollars if you are really considering locking in, um, especially in this market, fixed rates are all over the map and some are quite a bit lower than others.